Welcome to the Notorious Scoundrels, a Star Wars Legion podcast bringing you the latest news, general perspective, and competitive discussion. Hello and welcome back to the Notorious Scoundrels podcast. I'm Kyle. I'm here with Jay and Lucas. What's up, gentlemen? Guten Nacht. Guten Nacht. Lucas, of course, uh, coming to us all the way from Germany. Yeah, my German is still terrible, but learn a little more here and there. (laughs) Mein Deutsch ist schlecht. Yeah. Sprechen Sie English? so good. Ich spreche ein bisschen, aber habe viel vergessen. That's from my German friends. You guys just not. Just not. Das ist krank, man. I said I speak a little, but I've have forgotten a lot. There <laughs> so, you go. There you go. Um, well, we're going to talk today. Lucas wrote a rather lengthy article, uh, <laughs> lengthy and interesting article uh, on our site, which posted you made that Friday. sound so negative. <laughs> <laughs> that was not my intent. Oh uh, my god! This is what. <laughs> Just, it may be the longest blog post on the entire website. He's gonna but have I think to go to the hospital. He's got third degree burns. What's going on, Kyle? You all right? Lucas even I know I'm used all to Jay roasting supplemental Kyle. supplemental <laughs> materials separately from from the actual blog article itself. Um, no, that was not intended as a roast. Uh, <laughs> look, hey, when <laughs> lengthy for me, that's like a compliment for for a blog article <laughs> that's what it sounded uh, because like. as as somebody that edits all the blog articles you know seo or co <laughs> if you will uh length is good yep. words are good i like words so um <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh that was about essentially the state of the meta lucas is an actual research scientist that uh, stopped me if i'm like overselling this um, no, yeah, I'm a, my official title is a postdoctoral researcher at my current place okay. here. So, yeah. So that means you're also a, a doctor, right? Or at least you have a doctorate. I don't know what the distinction is. Yeah. Um, so not a, not like if I'm doctor, at school but... and you're my student, uh, you would call me doctor, but for everyone else, it's just Dr. Lucas to you guys. <laughs> okay. Dr. Lucas. The um... difference is he can tell us about stuff, but he can't help us if we're having a heart attack. There you go. Oh, yeah. If you're, uh, <laughs> if you're in trouble, um, well, actually I have my EMR. I did do first responders for a little bit, so I'm not completely useless, but, uh, all right. Not, if it's not past like... CPR, then I'm not helpful. Okay. For that, we would need <laughs> Dr. Evan. Yeah. Um, yeah he's a he's a real doctor doctor that kind awesome. of doctor yeah i just look at numbers and talk about stuff and yeah he actually touches people and does things yeah. <laughs> sorry i didn't worry about uh, that right. phrasing <laughs> phrasing <laughs> we should definitely leave it in though um yeah anyway uh, <laughs> so lucas essentially wrote what is uh can only be described as a ex- extremely thorough um, look at uh, how various units and factions and everything are doing in Legion. Um, we're going to talk about this article shortly after housekeeping and, and mm-hmm. news and such. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. We're also going to talk about Nova Open because that is coming up this weekend. Uh, Jay and I are both going to that. And then Lucas, you're going to M. Norden. Is that right? Yeah, Im Norden just means okay. in the north in German. Uh, oh. It's the biggest German Legion event to date. So I think it's like 96 people. So wow. quite a large event. Is that a qualifier also? 
Uh, no, it is not. This okay. was, I believe, planned so far out that um, for most of these qualifiers, it seems that they're picking up quite quickly. And this event's been in the works for, I think, almost half a year, maybe more. Finn's the one heading it, so he can correct me if I'm wrong. But my understanding is it's been in the works a long time, so it was already already a thing before world qualifiers were coming back. But nonetheless, that's a uh, clearly a very large event. Um, yep. Yeah. And uh, so we'll talk about that, your, your predictions for that also. Um, but first, let's do housekeeping. Yeah, okay. Housekeeping. Great. Let's do that now. Uh, so, number one, with a bullet, Patreon. A lot of you have signed up. Thank you so much. Uh, great news. We have kicked up the After Dark podcast again. John and I have done a few episodes already, and we're going to keep that going weekly. So we're back to weekly on After Dark. And basically, the After Dark podcast is we talk about Legion and other stuff in Unfiltered, right? So you're going to get uh, expanded opinions on stuff. Like if we talk about something on The Scoundrels, John and I will go on and go more in depth about why we feel that way and, you know, and, and really kind of talk about <clears throat> all, all kinds of stuff and, and give you guys like in-depth analysis to things we talk about like what we're doing here at the fifth trooper you know you guys hear a little bit here and there we 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 tippy toe around subjects but on the after dark we really get deeper into it because i don't want to waste all the time on scoundrels talking about it um you can you can get that for the there's a dollar entry for for the patreon so if you go sign up for a day today a dollar a month that's 12 bucks a year that's it uh, you can sign up and get our After Dark podcast. We actually just hit uh, one of our goals to start doing um, monthly Q&As again. And so that is going to be starting on the Patreon. Um, and that's going to be great. So there'll be a live Q&A where you guys can come on and talk to us. Uh, we'll have a rotating cast for that. Usually it's John, myself, Kyle. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll try to rotate in some of the, the doctors on the staff uh, into that as well for your questions. Um, and yeah, so Patreon, 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 please. I, I really... Uh, I know uh, there's a lot of you that listen to this cast that aren't Patreon members yet, and that's a great way to support this cast and the blog. And, you know, we're about to talk about Lucas's research paper today, and so uh, that is brought to you by Patreon. And so, you know, I really encourage you guys to sign up. There's a ton of cool stuff. We're giving away print and play cards. We're, we're going to... Um, Eventually here, we're going to do some of the other cards that you may not have that, that haven't been printed yet. And so there's a lot of cool giveaways you can get for being a Patreon member in addition to more content. So, uh, you know, and uh, we're starting a new podcast soon called The Fifth Tile that's going to be talking about other games. And we're going to have a lot of cool like um, Patreon exclusive content uh surrounding that as well so go to patreon.com slash the fifth trooper sign up all you got dollar a month man or lady that's all you got to do one dollar a month and you can uh you can support all of the blog and the podcast and all of that stuff we'd really appreciate it so you know what i'm gonna pause right here go ahead go patreon.com slash fifth trooper.com slash fish fifth trooper not two dot coms that's ridiculous uh go there go ahead you're going to see the $1 tier. Yep. Click that one. Okay. Now go put in your information. All right. Great. You're now a Patreon member. Thank you. Someone uh, commented on one of our things that I talk about Patreon too much. So I think we're going to have an episode that's only about Patreon. And Just that's an hour, it. Hour, yeah. long episode Just about one Patreon. whole hour. Yeah. 
about like i'm just gonna explain how patreon works the best <laughs> so. yeah, people haven't learned if you want jay to stop talking about something telling him to stop talking about something will have the exact opposite effect <laughs> yeah okay yeah uh and okay so that's all the housekeeping you guys know all other all our other stuff so i'll leave it at that all right is there um any news for tonight we're we just gonna get right into it yeah no i'll go real quick um so you know the team running uh pax is unplugged pax unplugged is really excited they've they're up to uh 120 seats i think they can seat now and so they want to make this one of the biggest events here on the east coast um pax unplugged is in uh the first one of the first weekends in december and so highly recommend signing up for pax unplugged i'm going to be there uh we've got a ton of sponsors if you guys don't remember uh, we talked about that uh, the sponsors that are doing packs including us have put together enough money that we're going to give away six flights uh to adepticon and here's a little thing i will tell you uh there will be a last chance qualifier at adepticon so if you go to pax and you get one of the flights that's your flight to go try for your world's ticket if you haven't gotten it yet um so so that's great that's december 2nd through the 4th um great you know great team that's running it you got nick brobnar from legion 99 with all his amazing tables uh he's going to be setting that all up uh again you got the world's invites uh, fifth trooper is going to be there you know hanging out playing maybe maybe streaming i don't know yet um but there's going to be a lot of cool stuff so let's try to make packs unplugged a huge event and uh you know i think this will be great very exciting and that's in philadelphia right yes sir yep all awesome. right that's it all right well let's dig right in um, Lucas, do you want to tell us about this article that you wrote and basically what you did? Just take us, yeah. Just take us in there, and um, as mandated by Jay before the show, uh, <laughs> if you could also try and be entertaining. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> before the that show, is... Jay was like, Lucas and Kyle. I know you guys love numbers, but we got to make sure this is entertaining. Um, <laughs> basically a warning not to just talk about statistical analysis by itself yeah he do uh cal and i could just debate the numbers and the the meaning and the uh how you got <laughs> there the yeah, the stats. yeah why yeah how i got there off yeah <laughs> no thanks <laughs> um, so i guess very broad overview of everything um so the idea behind this was we have now Legion Stats, which is a tool that's sponsored by the Fifth Trooper that uh, Dr. Power Slam 2 put together. That is a repository for Legion games. So we have all this Legion data um, that we previously didn't. And so I kind of just had the idea, why don't I take advantage of this great resource and apply some statistics to it to get an idea of how's the current state of the game, look at some past patterns. And then I also had a little bit of a hit of motivation as you may know, I've been busy moving for the last few months, and I've been hearing a lot of talk about these crazy shadow collective units, and I uh, wasn't buying the hype. So I decided if I can't play games, I can look at the numbers and see what the numbers tell me to see if I really need to be building an army to counter all the shadow collective stuff, or if it's just you know a bunch of hubbub. So it was the kind of the motivation behind it. And I guess a, a one thing is we're going to stay light on this. If you want all the nitty gritty and just details, you can find this article on the blog. Like Kyla said, it's uh, pretty lengthy in depth. And I break down in the article, depending on your interest level, I send you to key points to read things. And there's even if you're really interested in like data, I have an entire supplemental document that 
walks completely through everything. Uh, so I tried to cater it to whatever your interest is. I guess the one other uh, general disclaimer is these are statistics based on sampling data. So there are some certain caveats and assumptions that goes into that, um, right? With the statistics, it's not with statistics, it's not necessarily proof of something. You can't prove anything, but your data can support certain conclusions. And so with this, these conclusions are my own conclusions based on the data. If you uh, don't like what I say, you can go read the data yourself. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> make yeah. Make your own conclusions. Here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen. Lucas took cold, cold stone cold facts here, and oh. he put the numbers up, and you can look at the numbers yourself, and you can go, Oh, here's a unit that has this data attached to it. I was gonna, I don't want to give it away because we're gonna talk about it here in a second. And you can make your own conclusion. And I'm we're gonna make a conclusion here. And guess what? If you don't like it, I, I don't care. That's basically where I'm at. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't like our conclusion and what we say about units and stuff, okay, go look at the information that we have in this data that, that Lucas has put together. You make your own conclusion. The, the, just take the numbers yeah. you know sometimes one and one is two in our case that's how we add but maybe to you one and one is five <laughs> i don't know so you know you decide <laughs> yeah so i guess the the one underlying assumption to this data is uh we are we take into account the effects of factions on win rates so if you take win and loss counts you could put by a faction we uh uh did stats on that I then did activation count and compared that across win rates and then uh, compared units present in an army. And one thing with this is we group all that data together. So one of the underlying assumptions is there's a normal distribution, which just means like random and equal of player skill within these groups. Because obviously player skill has some effect, but there's not necessarily a perfect way to get at that. So our hope is by having big enough numbers, you kind of average out on this. Um, but it doesn't touch on player skills, so you can speculate all you want about that. Um, yeah. Sure. Here's my speculation on that. <clears throat> Is that I find that some of this new stuff, and that we used to say this about Tons, right? And I, and I think this can be said about units that go above and beyond that are really good units that they can take bad players make them good take good players make them great and take great players and make them unbeatable to a degree and so i think that's where i see this that we say okay we don't know the skill level of these players but i could tell you from personal experience that you put a great unit in somebody's army and they could be an average player that they're going to have good to great results because of that that unit <clears throat> And so I think a good to great unit nullifies, you know, player player ability sometimes. That's my that's my conclusion. Yeah. And I think in the future we want to touch, or at least this is gonna be a continuing series, is the plan. I don't know exactly how regularly. The more regular it is, the less in depth I can go. Mm -hmm. The more time I have, we can do much bigger analyses. So it's a bit of a trade-off there. Um, but in the future, we want to look at player skill, but uh Figuring out a good way to represent player skill in a game is like a whole paper in and of itself. Uh, so essentially, before we can say what's due to factions, what's due to player skill, we're going to have to do an entire analysis to say how can we represent mathematically player skill. All right, there's all the numbers talk. Let's talk about the, uh, the fun numbers. So the three main things, like I said, I tested was uh, differences between factions, 
differences between activation counts, differences between units, and the quick and dirty, if you don't want to read too much, was with factions before the release of Battle Forces from January until I believe it's June was the time range I picked. There was no statistical difference in win rates between factions. There was variation, you know, Republic, actually I have the numbers right here, should probably look at that <laughs> if I'm going on my own article. Um, there was variable win rates, right? Separatists had the highest with about a 53% win rate. And I believe Republic was the lowest with about a 47%. What the stats said is just basically um, this variation, we didn't have enough evidence that this isn't due to random chances. So um, our personal experiences might say otherwise, right? Like we saw people were struggling with Republic, but the numbers on their own didn't say that. So now fast forward to after Shadow Collective, which is the last two months. And um, surprisingly, we actually, because of all the events, and I think post-COVID world, people being so hyped for games, we actually had 972 games recorded um, or win-losses. So that's, you know, two per game. So roughly, what is that, about 450, 500 games. So some pretty good data. Um, and we saw then a statistical effect of factions. So at this point, the variation was significant enough that we could say, uh, this is not due to random chance past a certain threshold. In this case, the probability that was random is uh, 0.008. So that's like less than a percent, 1% chance. Um, and the big thing, if you look at this, is Republic. Oh, Jay's falling asleep. Data. Uh, Republic bad. Joke. Shadow Collective good. <laughs> is that better? There you go. Yeah, so the big thing that changed all this was Shadow Collective is uh, currently doing quite well, has a 63% win rate, and Republic uh, dropped even farther with a 43% win rate. The other factions are pretty close to each other, but those two threw it off balance. The other two quick summaries are activation didn't have a significant effect um, within the data. Um, about... 10 to 11 activations seem to have above average win rate. If you go too low, it gets really low win rates, but there's not many games recorded. Um, so essentially most people are playing about nine to 10 activations and there's kind of give or take win rates. Nine has a little lower, maybe that's to do with Gar being in there. Um, 10 and 11 has a slightly above average win rate, but essentially the takeaway for me there was play whatever win rate you want, just have a plan for it. Um, activation and, uh, count. Don't do six. Yeah, activation count, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> And then the final analysis was looking at all units in the game and seeing if they had an effect and they also had an effect on win rates. And then uh, with that analysis, I could actually rank the units based on their positive or negative effect. Um, so not just looking at the percentage win rate, but taking into account how many games you have recorded. Because say you have two games recorded and you have two wins, you have a 100% win rate, but that's less meaningful than say a unit with 200 games recorded that has a 60% win rate. Um, you're much more confident in that 60% win rate than the smaller one with less observations. So essentially okay. they're ranked based on sample size and that. Okay. 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 All right. There's the, all right. All right. Slow it down. Let's slow down. Let's go back. So here's, here's two things. So I think let's start with activation win rates. Uh, you know, I think this is something that we've been preaching for a few years that like your minimum, really activation is 10 right that's really the sweet spot 10 and above is where you want to be for activations um i think these numbers kind of show that but it's except for not republic, yeah think. except for for republic um and so that's that's cool uh and then i wonder do you think the jump in if we did this in a year does the trend show us if everything stayed the same 
Okay. No changes, no more units released. Everything stayed the same. Do you see that trend of shadow collective increasing, staying the same or going down as people start using other, you know, the the win rate of shadow collective. Yeah. Do you see the win, the newness because everybody's playing it right now because it's the new hotness. Yeah, there's two kind of thoughts with that. You could say first, it's the new hotness. So all like the good players are playing it a ton and we just need to wait till the meta counters it. The alternative is it's the newness. The good players haven't figured out how to abuse it even more yet. So it's going to get worse over time. Yeah. Um, I think in the case of Rex Star and the clone gun line, I think it got worse as time went, if I remember correctly. Uh, the but win rate started mean- out high uh it got the win rate it w- went down the win rate went up i believe of oh, rec star okay. i think when it first came out it had a high win rate and then as people made the list we now call rec star i think that raised the republic's win rate um but we don't have a lot of data there so that's kind of <clears throat> speculation based on memory um so it could be either way i personally think that shadow collective strategy is a little more simple than that rec star right token sharing was a very new idea stacking aims and dodges was something unprecedented so i expect it might dip a bit as people counter especially like separatists we saw separatists had the biggest drop in win rate after shadow collective and i think that's because if we look at our um, units here in the bottom five units that have the worst impact on win rate so these are like the worst units you know in the game supposedly if that's you want to interpret it is super tactical droid number three bottom dsd spider droid number four bottom um i think those old separatist lists that were doing really well just get completely obliterated by pikes and so i think that the win rate might drop a little as for example separatists adapt to this new meta but i don't think it will shift a whole lot for example it's 63 win rate that's quite high like say uh, they they trade back and you get a three percent drop in shadow collective and a three percent bump of separatists that's still going to be a statistically significant effect yeah and part of this too for me is just kind of looking at you know data is one component of how you evaluate something right but the spider droid and kalani drop um i think is a good example of how you uh can and should kind of combine data with experience yeah um i mean it wasn't just what two maybe three weeks ago that we were saying that um uh you know before you even did any of this data that yeah pikes are really good against spiders and b1s so droid players um you're gonna be sad if you bring spiders and look (laughs) look what happened so like the, the data is essentially supporting uh, yeah. what you can already discern from observation and experience. And I think when those two things meet, that's where you really have like a meaningful conclusion. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, I guess <clears throat> here's where I, I think like my mind goes is did people actually get punished for bringing spiders? Okay. Or because everyone was talking about it, did they just naturally stop bringing spiders or started playing Shadow Collective? Do you know what I mean? Do we have numbers to, sh- to show us that? So, I mean, I can give you game counts. We had 73 games with the Super Tactical Droid, 64 with the Spider Droid. Um, and let's see, like on some of the 
top winning. The new mall was in 90 games. Pikes are at 181 games. Uh, so I think they they definitely were less popular overall. But I mean, there's stuff like Boba Fett on here on the, the winning side of it that has less games than both. Hmm. Yeah, so I think, yeah. I think the answer probably is a little bit of both. Um, people brought less yeah. of them, but also the ones that people brought are not doing as well. So. Yeah, quite quite poorly. I mean, the the win rate here is thirty nine percent on Kalani and thirty nine percent on the Spider Droid. That's pretty. That's bad. pretty brutal. Yeah, yeah. I know. That's, yeah. Al- that's almost half of the Shadow Collector win rate. It's it's yeah. interesting because I was thinking about, uh, and we'll talk about this during Nova because uh, I've been waffling to the max, uh, and I was like, well, everyone is bringing those buses now. And we're like doing the like bus drop off thing. So I'm like, well, maybe the ion spiders need to, you know, maybe those need to come back to sh- to be like, nah, dog, you're not doing that, <laughs> you know? Uh, and so it's just interesting. I don't, it's chicken and egg in my head based on what you guys just said, right? Like, d- did people get punished for bringing them or did they just stop bringing them? Cause you know, they looked at pikes and went, oh yeah, they're range four impact. So that's going to be a problem. What about the, um, so you talked about Shadow Collective and Republic, um, and I think I think those also support are supported by observation and experience, but what about the other three factions? Yeah, between the other three, we saw a relative parity with the Separatists underperforming the most. Um, the difference between Separatists and Republic is the Separatist has a bunch of units that are clearly doing well. So I think as a faction, it just means like they have to shift, for example, like the T-Series, AAT, Cad Bane, uh, Staps are all performing really well, so I think uh, separatists just need to shift what they're playing, and they'll be totally fine. Um, Empire overall is doing quite well, also. They have an above-average win rate, um, and there's some early evidence that Blizzard Force could be very, very strong. Um, so what I was talking about earlier, this ranks them based on both number of games played and win rate. Blizzard Face or Blizzard Force has an insanely high win rate right now. I mean, looking at the units, we can see this Stormtrooper Heavy Response Unit has a 70% win rate, which is pretty insane. Granted, they only have 33 games measured, so it's a smaller sample pool. Um, But Blizzard Force is looking really good. And then Rebels are a really mixed bag. They have, there's the Dodge Spam that's doing well. People are running buses and doing well. There's people running the Echo Base and doing well. The one common thread I found was all the non-Echo Base lists had Jedi Luke in some form. And then the Echo Base list, the only common factor was they all had uh, Rebel Vets, which obviously they have to. Right. Um, so Rebel seems like there's a lot of choices and same with Empire. Um, like I said, Blizzard Force looks like it might be a tier above, but we don't have enough games quite to say that yet. Um, but then they also, all the bounty hunters are looking great. They have really high win rates. And a little thing that <laughs> supports all this is the number one unit ranked in its positive effect is the Imperial Officer with this commander with a 64% win rate in 130 games. Um, essentially what that tells me is Blizzard Force is good. And you just put the Imperial Officer in there because uh, she then gets a infinite range to long range attack. So she's basically just a much cheaper Veer since she now has the one perk that Veer has. And then also Bounty Hunters and Aiden and all these things are really good because all those armies you'll throw an Imperial Officer in because it's a cheap support commander. 
feel like we need a, a more uh, badass nickname for the Imperial officer than, than Becky. Um, <laughs> if, if she's going to be like number one on the positive effect on women. I didn't even chart. know that's what we were calling her. <laughs> I, I have never heard this. Um, I honestly don't understand where that came from. Yeah. Um, uh, but uh, I feel like, I don't know, we need to come up with a new nickname for the Imperial officer. I mean, I've seen that one the Imperial officer's name is Ruthless Commander. That's its subtext. And yeah. with the highest positive effect out of anything it might be time to start calling the uh the office of the ruthless commander there you go ruthless commander maybe, <laughs> maybe we just shorthand her as ruthless commander yeah <laughs> um let's talk about the rest because you did it basically um in the article you have a top 15 and then a bottom 15 you also have you know yep. for anyone that wants to see every unit they can look at the supplemental tables we're not going to do that on mm -hmm. the show um but uh of the top 15 14 out of the 15 units on this list that had the highest positive effect on win rate um, were either empire units or mercenaries. <laughs> In other words, there is only one uh, droid republic rebel unit on this top 15 list, and that's the T-series. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everything else is empire or mercs. Uh, I think that's really interesting. <laughs> Yeah, sure. I'm a little surprised we're not seeing higher win rates overall with Empire, but I think that's because there's a lot of variation. There's a lot of units in Empire that are doing really poorly. Like uh, the Death Troopers, Krennic are really struggling because we might talk about this in a second, but the stuff that counters Red Save Black Suns and Dodge Spam Pikes is high velocity piercing snipers. And what do Death Troopers especially hate? High velocity piercing snipers. I yep. think Rebels also are or not Rebels, Republic. We can get into why Republic's performing poorly, but I have a similar feeling because they do dodge and red saves and snipers hurt that a lot. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. I've seen one take that I saw after this article came out was like, well, people just need to be, just need to start bringing high velocity snipers. Um, I've got news for you. People are already doing that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and that's one reason that clones are not doing great. Like those units counter the same things that counter pikes are the same things that counter Republic. And, and clones uh, don't have a single high velocity unit. So right. that. <laughs> so the fact that, that despite that fact that, uh, you know, pikes are what number three on this list. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I'll let people draw their own conclusions there, but I think I think you can safely say that like people are already bringing high velocity. Yeah, people might bring more high velocity, I guess, but like, you know, what are what's Republic supposed to do? <laughs> yeah, what are droids supposed to do besides bring AATs? I don't want to be forced to run an AAT list if I'm running droids. Um, yeah, know. it seems that the lists are doing well. All have an AAT in there for the Pike matchup. Um, yeah. You can do different flavors, whether it's uh, Staps or Cad Bane or however you want to outfit it. But it seems that because of, and here's the other thing, um, Rebel Dodge Spam is also still great because mm -hmm. Shadow Collective can't take high velocity snipers. Rebels can. So while they can only take two to three pikes or they can take, you know, no pikes and the Rebels are a little weaker than the pikes, but you get those three snipers. Um so you're not just seeing dodge spam and shout collective. You're also seeing a ton of rebel players play dodge spam. I mean, you can see it yep. in Gen Con, right? 
two out of the three top three or two out of three two out of the three top eight lists at gen con that were rebels were dodge fan lists yep and then if you take into account all factions it's something like what half at least half was dodge spam maybe five out of the top eight were it's everywhere it is you got to plan for it i mean that's our that's our short-term takeaway right the the best short-term takeaways we can um you know, if we set like balanced discussions aside, uh, yeah. that's the best thing we can do right now is like, how do you prep for a tournament with this yep. information, right? Um, and I think right now is the answer is you bring as much high velocity as possible. Yeah, I think this will lead into some of our tournament discussions and what we brought. Uh, you'll see my list was very much so informed on this. <laughs> Um, yeah, just to round out some of these other top 15 units, number one was the officer. Uh, we can just do top five here. Two was mall. That would be shadow collective mall, not separatist mall. Yeah, you know, I know um, what the bottom unit in all of this was. Separatist, separatist mall was mall. dead bottom, 35% win rate, largest Oof. negative effect. Brutal. Um, <laughs> a big feature of, of droid lists. Um, uh, number three was pikes. Uh, number four was the AA5. Which is, of course, both a. I guess you could say this is a rebel unit too, but it's both a rebel and a shadow collective unit. Um, number five was the capo, and then six was black sun, um, and then seven was storm's heavy response unit. So then you keep going down here. It's a smattering of empire and mercenary units. Vader's on here. Cadbane's on here. Snows are on here, um, which speaks a lot to uh, Blizzard Force specifically. <laughs> that snows are yeah. on the list at all. Um, Bosk, T series, Boba Fett speeder bikes uh the empire speeder bikes and then and the second version of vader so both versions of, of vader um in the top 15. good old operative vader yeah um yeah i mean none of this is terribly surprising uh it's kind of sad if you're yeah. a republic player or a droid player or potentially even a rebel player what um another interesting finding from this uh were there any republic units that had a positive effect on win rate in the analysis, every Republic unit outside of Pikes had a negative effect on win rate, which is pretty <laughs> rough. Um, it's yeah. something I touched on. Separatists, I think, like I said, if you're a Separatist player, it feels bad because you have limited options and what you can play a lot less than before. Um, but Republic, it's like, <laughs> I don't know, your idea is as good as mine. There's nothing in the numbers that's like you're shining light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, my thought was bring something with Yoda and Barks and R2 because you can bid and secret mission and Yoda are still good at objectives and Barks. So if you can't outshoot them, bid hard for objectives and play the objective parks, you still get red saves. And uh, this is something I played against. Uh, I played at my first German event last week. I played against Johannes, the uh, European champion. I feel like he's kind of the the parallel is like the Luke Cook of Europe because they had one European championship way back in the day and there's <laughs> never been another one. So he's the eternal European eternal champion. European champion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I played against him and he's playing an R two D two Barks army um, with heavies on it and they were surprisingly hard to kill with the R two D two repair. And then he had a super bid, so you're playing like breakthrough or bombing run. And then it, it's also all objective or deployments that R2D2 can easily score a secret mission on. He ended up going undefeated at that event. He beat me. Um, 
And so I thought that was kind of an interesting way to go. So that the list I made might have been partially inspired by my personal experience since the data wasn't really giving me a, a clear way out for a public. And I think something that I really haven't seen people do that um, I think actually could be pretty good legitimately is Anakin Padme with Pikes like the traditional Anakin Padme clone gun line list, but you swap in some of those clone heavies for pikes. Um, I think that could be pretty legit also. So I don't think yeah. it's like like all bleakness uh, for Republic, um, but it's definitely clear to me that, you know, I, I don't get me wrong, 40, what'd you say, 46%? Is that there? 43%? They're a win rate um, right now? I believe yeah. it's 43%. It okay. dropped. I think 46 was before. Uh, I mean, they that, currently have a 43% win rate. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's it's clearly that's less than 50, but it's also like not that far off. Um, so Republic could still win events. You know, this isn't like 40K where you have like the worst factions have like 15 to 20% win rates and the best ones have like 80%. Right. This is still, you know, everything's other than Shadow Collector, still like relatively close to 50%. Um, so I don't want to. I don't yeah, want to like. I don't want to get too down on Republic. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I have. I have my. I'm looking at my clones right now, and I'm still not gonna lie. Uh, there's like 40 percent of me that's considering bringing them to Nova Open. Um, just to just <laughs> to try and train in you. Yeah. Um, I don't know. We'll in see. the caveat section, I talk about how players skill because, you know, I wanted to discuss some of the potential things that could come from this. The example as I gave may or may not have been inspired by a bunch of fifth trooper people. I called it the contrary effect when good players try and play something that's believed to be bad to try and prove everyone wrong. <laughs> that may have not been inspired by half the fifth trooper team. <laughs> yeah, we do tend to try and do that. Yeah. Um <laughs> Yeah, well, and I think because it comes down to, you know, for me and and I think everybody else, maybe Evan is a little bit more uh, aggressive about it. But like, I think the rest of us are like, OK, we've been pontificating about how bad this is. We've played against it and we know it's bad, but everybody like, you know, a lot of the folks out in, in the world still tell us that we're wrong or that maybe it's because we haven't played them or we don't know what we're doing. And so for me, it's like, all right, I'll play it. Maybe I'm wrong, you know? <laughs> And then it turns out, you know, I think then that that kind of leads to like what we're talking about here. Like, you know, I think as players who play and think about, I mean, I think about this game more than uh, almost anything else in my life, right? Because of everything that we do. And so, you know, I think this data started to prove out things that we inherently knew as players, right? And you go, like, none of your points surprised me at all after facing pikes and blizzard force and everything else like a, yeah now that that lines up <laughs> with what with the with the the ass spanking i just took over the weekend uh so yeah no that sounds about right and so <laughs> it's just uh it's funny right because it's good to have data to back up some of the stuff we've been talking about yeah. i think the thing that was most surprising to me about it was the fact that everything in shadow collective was performing so well um, right. I heard a lot of people complaining about pikes. Um, that's the main thing here, but like black sun is doing really well. The a five was the, I think the worst units in the roster, according to the data is like Gar Saxon, super commandos, 
but we're still doing really well. Like there was a four super commando army that went top four at the uh, world qualifier in Hanover. So it's like their worst unit is as good as like the mid tier to upper tier and a lot of the other factions. So I just thought I couldn't, it was surprising to me that everything in the faction is performing so well. There's mm. no real duds. Yeah. The worst shadow collective unit is better than the best uh, Republic unit. <laughs> yeah. In terms yeah. of, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. I mean, but okay. All right. As, as rough as I think pikes are as, as good as they are, I still don't believe they're game breaking. Well, and I here's... think there's answers to it. Yeah. And that, so that means it's not game breaking. Well, and, um, some people were talking about this today on the discord i think oh I, th I think i think a positive thing that separates uh shadow collective from a list like you know you go back in legion's history and try and find the most unpleasant uh, slash um overpowered list and the, the one that most most comes to mind readily is rexstar standby sharing right um what's nice about shadow collective is that like it's Rexstar standby sharing was very uninteractive, right? Um, yeah. If you were playing against a standby sharing Rexstar list, you, it just it just felt like you couldn't do anything. Um, Shadow Collective still interacts with you in ways that are like perfectly normal, right? Like they make attacks, you know, they defend, they spend tokens, like everything about Shadow. Like Pikes don't and Black Sun don't really function any differently than any other core unit. In the game like there's nothing about them that is yeah that like breaks the rules they just they just do they do all those normal things more yeah. <laughs> if that makes sense right like their attacks are a little bit more yeah efficient. i think it, they, it... they generate more tokens um but it's not like it's not like they it's not like standby sharing rexstar where you're yeah crowding out the 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 thought tree right the decision tree for your opponent um yeah this could be changed with a points adjustment not a rework right like it's right. nothing about it's green they're just maybe a little too efficient so if you bumped points up it, yeah. yeah they 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 play well i think they just at least based on this and people's experiences it seems they might be a little too good at what they do um but that's always an easy fix, right? You adjust the points a little down the line. This, if this trend persists, um, you know, it's not a hard thing to change. Yeah. And I, I think the other point, though, that I was thinking about with the point people bring up about lists countering the pikes and Black Sun, I guess some people would say, oh, it's going to become balanced because we can just counter it. And I guess my thought is, is a healthy meta, meta where all their factions are warped that they have to be countering one thing. Um, and Magic, a big example was uh, Jace the Mind Sculptor. This is getting off a little oh, on yeah. tangent. But those of you who are Magic players, during that time, you were playing Jace the Mind Sculptor or you're playing yeah. an army specifically made to beat Jace the right. Mind Sculptor. Like a red, so, like a red while, black yes, it was, aggro deck or something. Yeah. yeah. And so while, yes, you could say there are multiple things you could play, it was all Jace the Mind Sculptor or all... What's the thing in your faction that's good mm -hmm. against James the Mind Sculptor or Jace the Mind Sculptor? Um, and so just because you can counter pikes, I don't know if we want to warp the entire game around beating pikes and Black Sun and Shadow Collective. I would hope that it, you know, maybe we're wrong. It's early adopter effects or some something else. Um, but if this trend persists, 
Uh, I wouldn't be super stoked if like all my lists had to start with three snipers or an AAT from here on out. Yeah. I Okay. Here, here's my argument to that. Nothing that you, I don't think you need to really tech deck to build out a counter to pikes. A counter to pikes is something that's always been good in this game, which is snipers, which is Repu uh, uh, Civil War era snipers. They've always, the, nothing has changed. They've always been good. They're always a good unit to have. And so it doesn't, to me, it doesn't feel like countering. It just feels like, uh, yeah, it just reaffirms how good those those were. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, but only this way. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, you said it in the name, right? There's only two factions that can bring civil wars. Yeah. Snipers. Yeah. Um. And okay. I think but 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 with with CIS, the the tank, the AAT, that's always been good. That's been good from the beginning, and just building around it, right? Like, I mean, yeah. I don't know. It. I think yeah. there's other ways around pikes too like i think you know they they are scary there is a lot of d dodges I, I i get it but there is definitely you can still beat them with with regular lists if you uh position correctly and stuff you know it's just that they are yeah. good i don't think they're unbeatable no definitely not but you know to your point about sort of warping list building decisions lucas um just while we're talking specifically about the special forces slot, the only special forces unit, and there are a lot of special forces units in this game, the only special forces unit uh, that has a above 50% win rate on your table here that is not a Civil War strike team is um, Mandalorian Super Commandos. All of the other special forces units have a, a below 50% win rate. I take that I back. Pathfinders Imper are up there. Imperial Royal Guard is at exactly 50. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. Pathfinders are above 50. I was going to say, Pathfinders um, performed really well, which is something surprising to me. So that's why. <laughs> it's only, it's only 20, 23 games for the Pathfinders, though. Is that yeah. just, maybe that's, that's just all Ryan Yeah, I was going to say, it's all yeah. Stab Cats Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's just Stab Cats Ryan's record, basically, right there. Stab Cats Ryan single-handedly propping up Pathfinders. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like Wookiees, uh, Magna Guard, um, you know, below 50% win rate. Some of them, uh, Imperial Special Forces, Inferno Squad, all below 50%. Some of them didn't even get enough, um, like observations on here. Um, but yeah, I think that's, yeah, you might notice your favorite unit isn't on there and that's because I required each unit in this analysis had to have at least 20 games played. And that's just because if you have, like, for example, Lando has like a 90% win rate, but he has, I think, 10 games recorded. Well, so that's just yeah. it's like three good players playing Lando creates that. So you don't want to read into those patterns too much. want to require that there's, you know, a decent yeah. baseline. Yep. All right. Should we parlay this into... Um tournament predictions yeah yeah right. i think mine will be quite different than you because turns out europeans play quite differently than over in uh good old america america yeah let's talk about m norden first yeah so m norden is in the north of germany it's in bremen it's 
massive event. And I guess I could start off with what I brought. We had to lock lists uh, Friday, and I decided to go with an Iden Boba triple speeder bikes army. And this is kind of Kyle and I were talking a lot in the Discord about Iden Boba. We liked it because Iden can bring a high velocity sniper. Inferno Squadron has a high velocity sniper, and you can tack strike with your snipers. Iden, I was playing a lot of Iden 333 pre Shadow Collective, so I'm very comfortable with her. She's a strong unit, and I think she is strong against all the, the top things right now. And Boba, Mr. Shlansky over here was saying he thought Boba was hot garbage after the points changes. So that brought out the uh the contrarian in us that we had to make show that Boba was good. And then looking at all these different things. Uh, uh, whoa, whoa, like, whoa, 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 whoa. I never said hot garbage. I just said he wasn't as good as you guys keep making him out to be. That's what I said. <laughs> I remember hot garbage, but no. Uh, <laughs> so I remember that's too. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I'll lean into it. Yeah, he's not that good. He's hot garbage. <laughs> Fine with me. And then three bikes because um, the Iden bikes list was really good pre-points change. And sometimes with bikes, you can just do really broken things like bombing run and breakthrough. And then Inferno Squadron also repairs bikes. So it's a good combo. And you get surprisingly good order control with this army. So on tax strike, you order Iden, your ISF, your sniper. Inferno Squadron coordinates to your shore trooper and your mortar. So all that's in your bag is one stormtrooper boba and your bikes and so it kind of lended to itself boba is also a fast unit so he can join in on that alpha strike and uh if you noticed on turn whenever you're doing your tactical strike you have good order control of boba without an order so it's a good time to proc that independent and get some aims going and so oliver it seemed like it was a good combo to me and because of this analysis showing that uh pikes and black sun seem to be quite good it made me lean into all that high velocity. So my hope with this, I had a very deep bid, was to get some free wins with bombing run and breakthrough. Um, but now talking to people, not everyone's lists are up in public. Looks like about 50% of the field at M Norton is going to be some sort of speeders or bikes. <laughs> so uh, it turns out the European <laughs> meta is quite different in here. If you know yeah. at North American events, if you take bikes in the bed, you're like run up against gun lines all day and you're in a great position. Um, yeah, so it looks like bombing run and breakthrough is going to be kind of a wash for almost all of my games. Um so what's going to win? I have no idea because I'm, I guess, used to the very group thinky North American meta. And every so I played a German event last week and I brought this list, didn't play against a single pike or any of that stuff. I played against, you know, like I said, Johannes's um, Anakin R2-D2 triple bark list. And I was like, I don't even know what barks do <laughs> with their heavy weapons. <laughs> uh, so I teched for it and i'm hoping to do well i really like the army regardless um but as far as predictions i have no idea i i do think blizzard force will do well because the people here really like bikes and blizzard force seems quite strong yeah. um i could see some blizzard force going in the top um obviously some kind of shadow collective but now that there's all these speeders around i'm not sure if pikes can survive 50 percent speeders because there is that you know one in every so many games where a pike list can be locked on to breakthrough or bombing run 
And while pikes are good, your options there are not as good as other places. I don't know if you can make through half of the field all trying to force that on you. So we'll see. Um, I'm excited. It's the the meta here is all over the place, and the tables are amazing. Yeah, shout out to Finn by the way. This data article he at ran the Hanover World Qualifier. They had over 70 players, and I checked this with Dr. Power Sam too, the guy who runs Legion Stats, and not a single list had an import error. Everything was in a perfect format that with one click he could put it all in. Uh, TOs take notes. I'm looking at you, Gen Con. Me and Tio had to spend literally three days manually inputting all this stuff. Uh, lots of coffees. So, <laughs> But the way uh, Finn does it is you lose your first round if you don't have your list in perfect format a week ahead of time. And I wow. think that gets people's attention. So I don't think he's had to give everyone, anyone a loss. Um, maybe that just speaks to the Germans are way more on top of it, but I nearly missed my window. I remembered there being harsh rules about lists. And on Friday, I checked that morning. So I was like, I think I remember it being like pretty early and it was due that night. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it seems to work. All their lists get in on time and no one's dropping games due to lists. So uh, TO is just threatening your players with losses and they will get all their data in in perfect format. <laughs> yeah, I bet that would do the trick here in the US too. Yeah, I mean, maybe on the first event, you might have some people drop games, but like I guarantee you after that first event, no one's turning lists late. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that should be exciting to uh, hear the recap from. Um, I have definitely noticed uh, there's two locations that have very different metas than the U.S. And not surprisingly, those are also the two places that have a large Legion community besides the U.S. Um, but that is primarily uh, Germany and then just more broadly Europe and uh, Australia. <laughs> I feel like um, yeah. those two metas uh, are wildly different than whatever you know situation we have going on here in the U.S. So it'll be really, really interesting to see the results from those. Um, so here's my uh, my uh, completely my 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 theory on what's going on. That I think that so U.S. right has had the the oldest, longest community. It might not be the biggest anymore. I think Germany's technically might be bigger than us now, but. The U.S. has the oldest community, and if you remember, for the beginning of the game, for like the first year, maybe two years, the best thing was always a gun line, a gun line, a gun line. I mean, I guess there was Veer's bikes before you could really make a gun line right at the yeah. beginning. I mean, that's, uh, but that's as soon the units you... that were out, you know? like Yeah, so... But I think that kind of carried on into people's minds that like the best way to play is a gun line or maybe just the players here have all got at least myself. It took me a while to stop playing gun lines because that would I've been playing it for so long and I was really confident with it. Um, and so I think maybe since the communities there are newer, they don't have that history of, you know, playing gun lines for a year and a half so that it's your crutch. So there's my little uh, conspiracy theory on why gun lines are so popular here. Hmm. that's fair that's very fair yeah yeah because so i found myself i forced myself to start playing iden 333 because i was like you know what this is the most like not gun line thing ever it's an all-in alpha strike and this will help me get over my gun line crutch did it work yeah i think i'm 
maybe more well-rounded who knows well, <laughs> we'll see I've, in the if it I've works. never been good at gun lines so I've never had that problem <laughs> I can safely say that I've always had that problem yeah. um, although I have played like speeder slash agar lists with success but yeah definitely my default go-to is like I want a bunch of core units with heavies and some special forces and a force user mm. yep <laughs> I was like, I want two bounty hunters or one yeah. bounty hunter, a bunch of core units, and some snipers. Yep. Um, speaking of bounty hunters, uh, should we do Nova? Yeah. Real quick, Jay. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're both going to Nova. Uh, if you guys haven't heard, uh, there are four Fifth Trooper staff members in the Heat One. It's myself, Kyle, uh, John, and Evan. So the likelihood of us having a, a in-house ba- battle royale is likely, uh, very likely. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I'm really not looking forward to that aspect. I am looking forward to going. I'm really excited. A lot of, a lot of people I haven't seen in a while are going to be there, so that's going to be good. And and some people I have seen, of course, which will be great. Um, and it's relatively closer to my house than most places so that's good and uh yeah so predictions okay you want to go first what do you think go ahead Kyle. what do you got (laughs) all right um hmm, i'm gonna say three shadow collective okay uh three empire one rebel, one droid. This is your top as far eight. As top eight, yeah. Um, that's that's my top eight faction breakdown uh, prediction. Hmm. <clears throat> All right, I'm going to say two shadow collective. I think three. Three Empire, three Rebels, no, nobody else. I don't think CIS and, and uh, Republic make it to the top eight. I, I feel like I can guess more on this because I know how you North Americans think <laughs> more than <laughs> Europeans. I think there's going to be two Empire players. I think two Rebels a separatist and three shot collective so all of us are saying no republic list top eight yeah all right <laughs> like i said know how all you north americans think <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah man now i'd be now surprised almost... if johannes brings it but uh i don't know anyone in north america who's been talking about playing republic <laughs> kyle maybe you waffling? Is this discussion making you waffle? So here's no, the I, I had already been waffling. What's Nova's do uh like the day the morning of, yeah. right? So that's a big problem <laughs> for for us well, wafflers. Wait, lists aren't in already? <laughs> no. No, you guys can still waffle. Dig it. People are just gonna play Republic because I said that. Yeah. <laughs> um no, I, I mean made strong claims. And and what makes it worse for me is the units that are left in my painting backlog, uh, which is which is right here. This is this is two units of pikes. Yeah. Um, they fit identically into both lists that I want to run for either Empire or Republic. Uh, so 
it's not like it's not like I even need to choose for painting purposes. Like yeah. I'm painting these two units of pikes, and they're going to go in either my Empire Army or my Republic Army. Yeah. Um, I decided finally, by the way, on on the tracksuit mafia pikes. I don't know if you can see it on the on the camera, <laughs> but it's basically like like black. Uh, the 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 cloth is black, the armor is red, and then I yeah. did a tra a tracksuit stripe, <laughs> a white tracksuit stripe down the side, um, just like the tracksuit mafia from uh, that Hawkeye show. So <laughs> I figured uh, you know man. their mobsters seemed appropriate. I uh, you know it's funny. I briefly talked about this last episode, and then on After Dark. John and I kind of built out two lists. Tim, Tim, after our last Scoundrels episode, we stayed on the horn for like 45 minutes afterwards, building lists, like trying to figure <laughs> out. Uh, I've literally have, I had three lists going into today that I was like, I'm going to play one of these for sure. Literally, as of right now, I've just added three more to my, to my list. Um, none of them are the same. None of them are even close the same. And I've painted... One, two, three, four, five, five units in the last week and a half in anticipation of playing them. And I don't know that I'll play any of the ones that I've painted. But so it got me through my painting log, some of it. Um, but yeah, dude, I, I don't I have no idea what to do. I'm 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 lost. I am like way in the weeds. Wasn't it just yesterday you posted a list and you're like, all right, this is what I'm playing for now. Yeah, I'm not playing that one yeah. anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> i feel like i've seen you say that so many times i think you sent me a list and that day i put out the date paper and then you're like actually i'm playing this because your paper and then later on you're like nah i'm actually screw the numbers i'm playing this <laughs> yeah uh i'm i i'm struggling boys i'm struggling real hard i think it's because all of the lists that i've showed you guys none of them feel right to me not it's not about a it's not about a meta thing or like going up against pikes i just look at the list and i just have no idea how i'm gonna play it and that's bad right and so i'm just going oh, this just doesn't feel right in my gut you know and so uh i that's i think that's why today i've like this morning i woke up in a panic and completely like scrapped all of that and started over um with two with three other lists now so i don't know I don't know what I'm going to bring. Do you have a faction you're even favoring now? I know you were going between Rebels and Separatists for a bit. Yeah, I think I've dropped Separatists and I'm going between Rebels and Empire now. So I have I have two lists for, for Rebels and I have one list for Empire. And oh, I what's what's the empire? Is this a double heavy empire? You're coming yeah. crawling back to yeah. the best faction in the game? Yeah, I think I'm going double heavy empire. Blizzard Force double heavy <laughs> empire? No. Oh, okay. You're not gonna take that infinite range free kill two strike teams card? No. Because it I think you it, don't want those heavy storm. You're already doing double heavy. Don't tell me you're doing the tank and double heavy. No. Yeah, so why don't you want those super duper stormtroopers? Well, because there's some problems with that list uh, of things I like. Uh, no snipers <laughs> in, in Blizzard Force, uh, which I think you need as a support for a double heavy list. You, you need, and whether they're snipers, I think they're snipers now because of where everything's at, you know, but you guys know in that double heavy, I was playing uh, saboteurs, right? And I just yeah. don't think sabs are good in today's world. Uh, so, and I think mm -hmm. you need the double, you need triple snipers with the double heavy in order for it to function properly. 
Um, I mean, still taking dobacks in that one. Yeah. You know what? Screw it. I don't care. I'll tell everybody. Whatever. Come at me, bro. Like, if you're going to tech to come after me specifically, then you're probably not going to do great in the tournament overall. Tech for double heavy. Yeah. So <laughs> I am between my standard, uh, the the list that I really like, which is the uh, double dewback, double ATST, uh, three storms, all with uh, Astromax and uh, three snipers. Uh, so it's either that or taking out the two dewbacks and putting in two sets of pikes. And then the rest all stays the same. I think I have to pull out one of the Astromex to make that work. Uh, yeah, either that or I'm looking at a uh, a double airspeeder list for, for uh, Rebels. So I think I'm going to go double heavy one way or the other. And it's just which faction. Because at the end of the day... I. I'm, that's the most comfortable to me and i i feel like i know it the best i feel like it just feels right when i play it you know uh so and, yeah and ion spiders are less of a fear yep. yeah if people are playing iron spiders they might do well against you but i don't know right. what they're gonna do overall right and that's fine because i have three astromex <laughs> so i'm just boop no yeah boop, no pull those ions off sorry yep. pal you know I don't think we'll see too many ion spiders. Personally. I don't think so either. You may see one set, but I've been really thinking about them because everybody's bringing those buses. Uh, buses are back. I think. I think we're mm-hmm. gonna see a lot of buses uh, yep. at Nova. A lot. Agree. Gen Con was an indication. Yeah. Yeah, and so I, I that's what really threw me to be really honest with you guys because all those other lists they were good against like everything but armor, and I was like, ugh, like you know and so i need yeah go ahead i was just saying i think the buses are similarly coming out of the woodwork now the ion spiders are gone it's kind of interesting how units who have like always been good but were countered by the hot stuff like magically appear again what's the thing that counters them is countered by another hot thing (laughs) yeah the counter the counter brought back vehicles you know and then my uh, i don't know I like Empire because I like the red saves. Uh, and then, but the, the Rebels, you can get like 12 activations <laughs> in a double heavy list. Yeah, it's pretty which, gross. Yeah, which is You can do disgusting. a double bounty, triple bikes list and get 12 activations too. Uh, you know what, my I just, the bounty, it's just so much trouble for me. Like, listen, you guys are really smart and everybody on our staff is really smart and good at this game. And I am just like a stupid Neanderthal. And so I just need like, I just need big things that don't die. I just go, Oh, and just push them at, at them. That's, that's my only thing I have going for me. So that's where I'm at. Hey, this might be one of the few times I say something nice to you publicly. You're doing well with uh, Luke Sabine. I don't think that's a Neanderthal list. That's a pretty technical list. That's uh, a very technical list. Yeah, it's it's time has come. It's over for Luke Sabine right now in the in the current where things are currently. Unfortunately, you know, and 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 all the anti tech that's coming out for Pikes is anti Luke and Sabine too. So it's just yeah. like well, yeah. just dodge spam explosions is a lot less cool when yeah. everything on the table is sitting with there with two dodges right yeah it yeah. just doesn't really work i mean you can use it to clear all the dodges right yeah yeah so so that's where i'm at 
I'm double happy in something. I'll tell you that right now. So I, I really like the airspeeder build. Like I think anyways, that's where could, we're at. Could flank some pikes with that. Good. You could definitely take out buses before they make it to you with oh, yeah. air speeder. Air speeders, yeah. air speeders demolish. <laughs> yeah, but like I'm buses. sorry, what you got buses? Oh, that's you know nice. those black sun with their range one grenades? Isn't there a yeah. an immunity <laughs> yeah. in that yeah. ship as well? Yeah, have fun with your impact grenades. Oh, whoops. <laughs> Just kidding. No nope. impacts for yeah. you. <laughs> Can't get high enough. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm my... sure I'll change Here's... my mind 30 times before I leave Thursday. So. <laughs> yeah, my two. Well, I saw... Sorry, go ahead. Uh, you're all right. I think I lagged out for a second. Okay. Yeah, my two are they've the ones I've already talked about. One is Iden Boba. Um, and the other one is uh, Anakin Padme Pikes. Mm. So which I actually think, as much as we've talked badly about Gar on this episode, um, there is one thing that Anakin Padme Pikes is really good against, and that is like aggressive builds. And one thing that we saw that was really popular at Gen Con yeah. was aggressive builds, either yeah. with like Black Sun and buses and or Maul in some combination. Um, you know, there's there was a lot of like taking Dark Sable Mall and as blue just infiltrating him into your opponent's deployment zone, <laughs> um, which usually is like a terrible idea. But um, since Dark Sable Mall has both cunning and he can take a standby with Geo Mastery, which he starts the game activated, yeah, um, it really changes that calculus because you can just do the double move, yeah, engage something standby in a way that like other force users can't. So that was gar- my concern with not having a force user but my thought was if amal does that at least i can whip cord him and the suppression will knock yep. off the standby um but yeah when i saw that for the first time i was like oh my gosh it's, <laughs> I, this is the grossest thing i've ever seen <laughs> yeah if you don't have a force user or whip cord it's like what do i do here <laughs> if you can't put suppression in the melee or force push something like you could just and Maul's in all those lists, right? He's in the bus yeah. list, he's in the pike list, all those shot click armies are running all. Um yep. yeah, so take Boba or some kind of force push if you don't want Maul to just to start the game in the middle of your army. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but they how deep can they bid with they can Maul? they can bid. I've I mean I've seen some of these lists where it's like 10, 11, 12 points bid. Shadow Clock can actually bid pretty deep, so yeah, so that was the thing I was looking at with that double heavy. Like, I can go six. I can go a sixteen point. But oh yeah, I mean they're, like, they're not they're not doing that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> What's your bid? Sixteen points. I'll be blue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. People aren't bidding sixteen for the most yeah. part. Um. Yeah, should be good. Uh, yeah, I'm. Dude, I'm so excited. I'm I think it's going to be a great event. Uh, I'm like. I think I'm stressing myself out way too much with what lists I'm bringing. So I, I'm, I'm, I think I'm just going to decide today just by, by the end of the day, I'm going to pick my list and just go with it. So, and I think you guys know which one it'll be. If, yeah. Yeah. I'm leaning hard into that double ATSC list for sure. So I don't think I'm going to know what I'm going to play until Wednesday, Wednesday night, Thursday mm-hmm. time frame. Um, I would say listeners tell me what I should play, but I know everyone's going to say yeah. Republic. Yeah. Uh, so, and I'd like did to everyone say know, Empire. I thought you uh, did on Facebook and you got, was it Overwhelming Republic or is it Empire? No, it was, I did a Facebook poll 
for the, with the same question. It was overwhelmingly Republic. Um, uh, the contrarian <laughs> effect, it's real. <laughs> well, people, people want to see it do well, but like, also, I want to do well, <laughs> or at least try to. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. How many times have you uh, tried an Anakin Gar out in recent history? Just I know Adepticon. Just, just Adepticon. Just and I regretted it. <laughs> I don't mind saying that. Uh, um, I did get least bad Gar player at that tournament, but, um, you know, I still regretted it. Yeah. I'm not going for least bad faction player. <clears throat> so, anyway. All right. Um, all right. Well, good luck to everyone at Nova Open. Uh, I hope to see folks there come and say hi. Maybe not in the middle of game, but um, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing people and hanging out. Yeah, same. Same. And good luck. Good luck at M Norton, Lucas. Yeah. Yeah. That's thank it. you. I'll be the probably the only person there with the fifth trooper shirt on, so you can say hi again. <laughs> Not during a game because I got to make a, a good showing at my first big jerk event, but it's been really nice. Um, I didn't talk about this too much. When I mentioned the event last weekend, but everyone here has been uh, super friendly, really easy going. Like people are offering to drive me all over the place for events. Um, awesome. I might say it. It's at the end of the cast, so not so many people will hear it. I think the Germans are kind of doing Legion better than here in America. <laughs> Their tables are amazing. They serve us beer and pizza as you're playing. That's just like part of the event. The whole time when I signed up for this, they're like, oh, uh, this is just a small local thing. So like, don't expect too much. And I was like, oh, that's fine. Yeah, I don't have expectations. They kept on telling me this. And then I showed up. And like I said, yeah, about 20 people, <laughs> great looking tables, beer and pizza over on the side. I was like, man, if this is like something that you need to preface that this isn't good, I can't wait for him, Norton. Did, yeah, yeah uh, Didn't you know do anything when, halfway? Yeah, when you said that, it reminded me. So years ago, I had a buddy come come live here for a while from Berlin, and we we went to uh, actually we went and saw Revenge of the Sith, and uh, he was like, "Yeah, so where's the beer?" I'm like, "What?" He goes, "Yeah, yeah, like, can I get a beer uh, to go into the movie?" I'm like, "No, man, we don't do that here." Like, <laughs> he was just like, he was so disappointed. He's like, "What?" <laughs> I just, I know it, you had to be there, but it was just so funny. Like, yeah. I, no, they, they don't do beer in the movie theater. Like, now they do. Now some, they do now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But back yeah, then, I was going to say, they, back then, they, they didn't have the food and drink uh, theaters as, as prevalent as they are now. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, anyhow. Yeah. All right. Nova. We got Nova. it, Kyle. We're, Norton. We got it. We're going to, we're going to avoid each other. <laughs> on day one yeah no team kills yeah i'm really worried about team kills over here <laughs> <laughs> uh all right well cool. uh we are, we are the notorious scoundrels i'm kyle i'm jay i'm lucas stay fresh cheese bags this has been a fifth trooper production